Ahoy there, Anchor. My name is Kate and I'm a communication professional from Brisbane in Australia and uh, I'm wading for the first time into this platform and the reason why is because I have two adorable children, Tycho age 9 and Orion age 7, who both because of their autism have enormous trouble going to sleep at night. So the purpose of this station is to provide my children with uh, stories of their favourite stories read by mummy um, and uh, put into podcasts so that I've got some content for them to go to sleep to. The first story I'm going to read though is not for them, it's for me. It's for me because it's bloody hard being a full-time worker, a full-time mum and still trying to find the identity that was once me. Yes, I can now understand what my mum was trying to tell me in the BC era, the before children era. This is a book that's a parody of a kid's book that we all know and love, but it's for the mums out there, the mums who just need a break. Where the Wild Mums Are by Katie Blackburn and Sholto Walker Because every mum deserves a break. The day mum didn't get dressed and went on strike, Dad called her a wild thing and mum said, Cook your own dinner and stomped off upstairs to run a bath. That evening, as mum lay in her bathtub, a paradise wove itself around her until the entire bathroom was hung with wild fruits and the walls themselves seemed to fade and disappear. The air was full of promise and waves softly lapped the shore. A yacht lay on the sands and Mum stepped onto it and floated away across time and space until she came to the place where the wild mums are. And when the wild mums saw her, they shook their magnificent heads and wiggled their magnificent hips and stamped their magnificent feet. But mum just laughed and danced as though there were no end to her wildness and magnificence, all the while balancing a drink on her head and not spilling it. And they were dazzled and said that she should be queen of the wild mums. And Mum said, I accept. Now, let's get this party started. And there was never a wild magnificence like it. Until, enough, Mum cried. For the Queen of the Wild Mums suddenly felt a little bit tired and emotional and wished she was with those who loved her more than anything in the world. At that very moment, from miles across the waters, as if by magic, Mum could tell that she was needed. So she stopped being Queen of the Wild Mums. Oh, stay a while longer, the Wild Mums wailed. We're having such fun. Come and join the conga. But Mum just smiled. She stepped into her yacht and floated across time and space, back into the waters of her very own bathtub. There was a cup of tea waiting for her. It was all right. She was home. I'm going to share with you now possibly the funniest kids book of all time. It is a firm favorite of the Haglets, which is the collective noun for my pair. This story is translated into human by Jean Willis and Tony Ross. Why translated? Well, because 
Today, Dr. Zagel, the great green alien school teacher, is instructing his class of alien pupils on the creatures called Earth Tiggers, better known to us as cats. Join Dr. Zagel as he teaches his fellow aliens about the habits of these intriguing beasts, including their diets, their relationship with the Earth Hound, and how they live and interact with families of Earthlets. Dr. Zagel's Book of Earth Tiggers. <clears throat> Good morning, class. Today we are going to learn about Earth Tiggers. Earth Tiggers are made of furry material. This does up underneath with pink buttons. They are available in patterned or plain. Press them in the middle to find a squeaker. The Earth Tiggers grow sharp thorns. This they use to carve furniture or to climb steep earthlets. Earth Tiggers like gardening. They dig a hole and plant a stink pod. This never grows. During the rainy season, stink pods may be planted in any container found in the earth dwelling. Earth tiggers like breakfast at 5 a.m. Precisely. They massage the pajamas of the sleeping earthlet. Then they sit on his nostrils. Earth tiggers eat meat blob. This they collect on their many antennae and save for later. A healthy earth tigger also needs cow juice, tandoori cluckbird, muckworm, and old green gibble in dustbin gravy. Earth tiggers can hear a parcel of pig rolls being opened five miles away. They cannot hear an earthlet shouting tiddles in the next garden. Earth tiggers hate the earth hound. They fold in half and puff air into their waggler. Then they go into orbit with a hiss and a crackle. In a glass capsule full of stones and vegetables lives the sparkly golden fish stick. This the earth tigger likes. He puts his mitten into the water and mixes the fish stick all about. Earth tiggers like to sing loudly in the moonlight with their friends. The earthling holds items of footwear all around. Earth tiggers sometimes put a hairy pudding on the stairs. The earthling is made to step on this with both with no socks on. Class, repeat this phrase after me. Whoops. I have slipped on a fur ball and broken both my legs. Uh, loops, I have pipped on a fur bag. Legs, I have whooped on a fur ball and slipped on broken boats. Boat, I have pooped on a fur football and broken all my pegs. Yuck. Sometimes the earth tigger gets torn and must be taken to the menders. First he must be caught and wrapped in a cardboard and string. The earthlet sticks himself back together with pink paper. When earth tiggers are born, the earthlet gives them a bed made from knitted twigs and a bag of bird fluff. 
This the Tigerlets hate. They go to sleep in the headdress of the earthling. Dear me, is that the time? Put on your disguise and get into the spaceship quickly. We're going to planet Earth to stroke Tigerlets. We'll be landing in India at dinner time. Now the punchline to that book is the last page where they're talking about India and Tigerlets. It's a giant tiger that those aliens are trying to pat. Slinky Malinky by Lindley Dodd. Slinky Malinky was blacker than black, a stalking and lurking adventurous cat. He had bright yellow eyes, a warbling wail, and a kink at the end of his very long tail. He was cheeky and cheerful, friendly and fun. He'd chase after leaves and he'd roll in the sun. But at night he was wicked and fiendish and sly. Through moonlight and shadow he'd prowl and he'd pry. He crept along fences, he leapt over walls, he poked into corners and sneaked into halls. What was he up to? At night, to be brief, Slinky Malinky turned into a thief. All over town, from basket and bowl, he pilfered and pillaged, he snatched and he stole. Slippers and sausages, biscuits, balloons, brushes and bandages, pencils and spoons. He pulled them, he dragged them, he heaved them until he'd carried them home to his house on the hill. One rascally night between midnight and four, Slinky Malinky stole more than before. Some pegs and a teddy bear dressed up in lace, a gardening glove from McCafferty's place, a tatty old sneaker, a smelly old sock, and Jennifer Turkington's pottery smock. A squishy banana, some glue and a pen, a cushion from Oliver Tulliver's den. A clock and some bottles, a pair of blue jeans, a half-knitted jersey, a packet of beans. He pulled them, he dragged them, he heaved them until he'd carried them home to his house on the hill. Then Slinky Malinky, rapscallion cat, piled them up high and a heap on the mat. The glue toppled over and gummed up the pegs. The jersey unraveled and tangled his legs. He tripped on the bottles and slipped on the socks. He tipped over sideways and set off the clocks. Crash went the bottles. Beep went the clock. Row, row, row went the dogs on the block. On went the lights. Bang went the door and out came the family. One, two, three, four. Oh no, they all said. What a criminal cat! Tomorrow we'll have to take everything back. With a tangled up middle and glue on his face, Slinky Malinky was deep in disgrace. Never again did he answer the call when moon shadows danced over garden and wall, when whiskers of wickedness stirred in his head. He adjusted his whiskers and stayed home instead. My kids love this next story because it's, uh, it matches our family demographics. Older boy, younger girl, always in each other's faces. Me Too by Mercer Mayer. 
When my little sister saw me riding my skateboard, she said, Me too! Then I had to help her ride. I had a paper aeroplane that I made myself, but my little sister saw it and said, Me too! Then she threw it in a tree. I went hiking with my friends and my little sister said, Me too! I had to carry her because she got tired. When my little sister saw us playing football, she said, Me too! Then we had to be too careful. When the snow fell, I got my sled and went to the top of the hill. Guess what my little sister said? I went skating on the pond. My little sister said, Me too! She doesn't know how to skate, so I had to hold her up. There was one last piece of cake. My little sister said, Me too! I had to cut it in half, even though I saw it first. When I went fishing, she said, Me too! Then she caught the biggest fish. I went to my secret treehouse. My little sister said, Me too! Mum said I had to help her up. Everything I do, my little sister says, Me too! Today, my little sister had a candy cane of her very own. So I said, Me too? Guess what my, what my little sister said? You too! The next story is secretly for me because it's come from a book that is my all-time favourite kids' book mostly because I found it as a teenager and thought it was hilarious and then proceeded to use it for just about every drama assessment I could in high school. So I know most of these stories backwards. I've also taken the kids to see this uh, done as a live performance. It was magic. We're going to hear Roald Dahl's Cinderella from his outstanding Revolting Rhymes book. Illustrated by Quinton Blake, just in case. I guess you think you know this story. You don't. The real one's much more gory. The phony one, the one you know, was cooked up years and years ago and made to sound all soft and sappy just to keep the children happy. Mind you, they got the first bit right. The bit where, in the dead of night, the ugly sisters, jewels and all, departed for the palace ball. While darling little Cinderella was locked up in a slimy cellar where rats who wanted things to eat began to nibble at her feet. She bellowed, Help! and Let me out! The magic fairy heard her shout. Appearing in a blaze of light, she said, My dear, are you all right? All right, cried Cindy. Can't you see I feel as rotten as can be? She beat her fist against the wall and shouted, Get me to the ball! There is a disco at the palace. The rest have gone, and I am jealous. I want a dress, I want a coach, and earrings, and a diamond brooch, and, and silver slippers, two of those, and a lovely nylon pantyhose. Done up like that, I'll guarantee the prance of Prince will fall for me. The fairy said, hang on a tick. She gave her magic wand a flick. And quickly, in no time at all, Cindy was at the palace ball. It made the ugly sisters wince to see her dancing with the prince. She held him very tight and pressed herself against his manly chest. The prince himself was turned to pulp. All he could do was gasp and gulp. Then midnight struck. She shouted, Heck, 
I've got to run and save my neck. The prince cried, No, alas, a luck. He grabbed her dress to hold her back. As Cindy shouted, Let me go, the dress was ripped from head to toe. She ran out in her underwear and lost one slipper on the stair. The prince was on it like a dart. He pressed it to his pounding heart. The girl whose slipper fits, he cried, he cried. Tomorrow morn shall be my bride. I'll visit every house in town until I've tracked the maiden down. Then, rather carelessly, I fear, he placed it on a crate of beer. At once, one, one of the ugly sisters, the one whose face was blotched with blisters, sneaked up and grabbed the dainty shoe and quickly flushed it down the loo. Then in its place she calmly put the slipper from her own left foot. Aha! You see the plot grows thicker and Cindy's luck starts looking sicker. We're going to pause and do this in two steps. Cinderella by Roald Dahl, part two. Apologies if I cough in this. Uh, some of the voices make my throat hurt um, and I haven't yet mastered the pause button, so you'll have to excuse me. Next day, the prince went tar charging down to knock on all the doors in town. In every house, the tension grew. Who was the owner of the shoe? The shoe was long and very wide. A normal foot got lost inside. It also smelled a wee bit icky. The owner's feet were hot and sticky. Thousands of eager people came to try it on, but all in vain. Now came the ugly sisters go. One tried it on. The prince screamed, No! But she screamed, Yes, it fits, whoopee! So now you've got to marry me. The prince went white from ear to ear. He muttered, Let me out of here. Oh, no, you don't. You made a vow. There's no way you can back out now. Off with her head, the prince roared back. They chopped it off with one big whack. This pleased the prince. He smiled and said, She's prettier without her head. Then up came sister number two, who yelled, Now I will try the shoe. Try this instead, the prince yelled back. He swung his trusty sword and smack. Her head went crashing to the ground. It bounced a bit and rolled around. In the kitchen, peeling spuds, Cinderella heard the thuds of bouncing heads upon the floor and poked her own head round the door. What's this racket? Cindy cried. Mind your own biz, the prince replied. Poor Cindy's heart was torn to shreds. My prince, she thought, he chops off heads. How could I marry anyone who does this sort of thing for fun? The prince cried, Who's this dirty slut? Off with her nut! Off with her nut! Just then, all in a blaze of light, the magic fairy hove in sight. Her magic wand went swoosh and swish. Cindy, she cried, come, make a wish. Wish anything you have no doubt that I will make it come about. Cindy answered, oh, kind fairy, this time I shall be much more wary. No more princes, no more money. I've had my taste of honey. I'm wishing for a decent man. They're hard to find. Do you think you can? Within a minute, Cinderella was married to a lovely fella, a simple jam maker by trade, 
who sold good homemade marmalade. Their house was filled with smiles and laughter, and they were happy ever after.